Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. We continue in our series on growing in faith that started at the beginning of this year. And uh, today we're going to be focusing on prayer. Surveys have shown that in a very skeptical and secular Britain, about 75% of people claim that they pray about once a week. I can remember as a kid, before I became a Christian, I used to pray three types of prayers. The first one was a formula prayer, something like the Lord's Prayer that we had to say at school, or the grace that I would sometimes say at a big family dinner. Dear God, thank you for the food we are about to receive. Amen. These formula prayers, there's nothing wrong with them, but they didn't mean anything to me. The second kind of prayer that I would pray would be more of a crisis prayer. And as a young teenager, that normally was the just before a school exam, when I've been surfing all day the previous day. Oh God, help! third kind of prayer was when I really wanted something. (laughs) I can remember really wanting to win this wave ski surfing competition. And it was a tough competition. So I prayed. Even though I didn't believe in God at that stage, I prayed. God, if you exist, let me win this competition and I'll go to church. I did win the competition, but I never went to church. (laughs) In fact, I completely forgot about the prayer and only remembered the prayer after I had become a Christian. But what is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is essentially relating to God. It's speaking to God. Prayer is not about a ritual It's about a relationship, about a conversation. A young boy yelled, Please God, give me a box of chocolate for my birthday. At which his mother said, You don't have to yell, God's not deaf. Said, I know, but Grandpa is and he's in the next room. Prayer is a conversation, not with other people, not with ourselves, but prayer is a conversation with God, who is a personal God and wants a relationship with you. Prayer is to our Father. In that verse that I read right at the beginning of the service, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18, For through Him, through Jesus, we both have access to the Father. Prayer is to the Father, our Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus teaches us to pray in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, Our Father who art in heaven. Prayer is a conversation with our Father in heaven. Now, it's very important that we understand who we're having this conversation with. God, the Creator, 
of the whole universe. There's an interplanetary probe called Voyager 2, and apparently it travels at the speed of a bullet. That's 90,000 miles per hour. Yet, it's going to take 958,000 years to get within one light year of another star within our galaxy. And there are a hundred thousand million stars like our sun within our galaxy. And there is a hundred million thousand galaxies within our universe. Friends, our universe is big. It's very big. And yet, the writer in Genesis, in almost a throwaway comment, says, oh, and by the way, God created the stars. God, the creator of the universe, that's who we're speaking to. And although God is so big, so powerful, so transcendent, the creator of the whole universe, yet God is present here right now by His Holy Spirit. And He wants to have a relationship with you. And we can have that relationship. We can relate to God. We can speak to God through prayer. That verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 says, For through Him, through Jesus, we both have access to the Father. Firstly, prayers to the Father, but secondly, it's through the Son. It's through Jesus. In the American Civil War, a young man was given permission to ask the president to be excluded from national service because of a family tragedy. When he arrived at the White House, the guards, however, refused him entry. Extremely disappointed and disillusioned and without any hope, he went to a nearby park and he sat down. While he was sitting there, a young boy walked past and commented on how he looked so unhappy. And this young man poured out his heart to this boy. The boy said, don't worry, follow me. The young man didn't know what this boy was about to do, but he had nothing to lose, so he followed him. The young boy walked straight back to the White House. But this time the guard stepped aside and opened the gates without asking any questions. The young boy led this man straight into the White House, straight to the room where Abraham Lincoln was. And as he walked in, Abraham Lincoln looked up, turned around and said, What can I do for you, my son? And the little boy turned around to his father and said, This man needs to ask you a question. You see, he had access to the president through the son. And in a very similar way, we have access to the creator of the whole universe through his son, Jesus.
It's B, because of the sin in our life, we have no right to go before God. Because of sin in our life, we have no right to ask anything of God. But because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we have access to God, the creator of the universe, through the Son. The verse goes on, of course, for through Him, through Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit living in us that connects us to the Father through the Son. And it's the Holy Spirit in us that makes God present amongst us, and it's the Holy Spirit within us that teaches us and helps us to pray. But why should we pray? Why do we pray? A young boy walked into the living room and he said, I'm going to bed. I'm going to be praying. Anyone want anything? What a lousy concept of prayer. As if prayer is giving God the shopping list of things we want and things we need. Prayer is about a relationship with God. Some people say, well, why do you ask God uh, all these things? Because He knows everything already. Well, what kind of relationship would that be without any communication? And furthermore, when we communicate with God through prayer, it's not just about asking stuff. It also includes thanksgiving, praise, confession, and silently listening. Prayer is about a relationship. Furthermore, Jesus prayed and Jesus taught us to pray. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, Jesus says, But when you pray... Take note, he doesn't say, if you pray, but when you pray. Jesus merely assumes you're going to be praying. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. There are rewards to prayer. Now that doesn't mean we're always going to get exactly what we ask for. But it does mean that there are rewards to pray. Prayer, of course, is essentially about our relationship with God. What I've noticed in my own life when I've prayed for a very difficult circumstance, prayer, rather than changing the circumstance, has transformed me. All of a sudden, I've experienced the love of God and the presence of God within that difficult circumstance. My anxiety has been changed for a deep sense of peace and joy that actually transcends the circumstances and even transcends my own understanding. And the only reason I'm experiencing this peace is because I've prayed. Prayer has changed me more than it's changed the circumstance. Furthermore, through prayer, I find that my spiritual hunger and thirst is satisfied. 
Because it's through prayer that we relate with God and we have been created to be in a relationship with God. So although prayer is more about transforming me and about relating to God, prayer still does transform and change circumstances. For Jesus said, ask and you will be given. In the past, I used to keep a prayer diary where I used to write down all the things that I had prayed for. And it was great. A number of years later, I could go back and read through it, and it was amazing to see how many of those prayers God had answered. I can also remember once when I was a student, uh, I and three of, my, three of my friends went on a mission trip to uh, Zambia and Malawi. And after we had been in uh, Livingston, Zambia for a week, working in a church, we needed to make our way from one side of Zambia all the way across Zambia and all the way to Lilongwe in Malawi. Being students, of course, we hadn't organized any transportation. So we prayed. We then caught a train from Livingston all the way to Lusaka in the middle of Zambia. We then caught a bus full of goats and chicken and people that took us to a town near the border of uh, Zambia. We then caught a taxi to the, the border post of Zambia. We then hitched a ride on the back of a pickup truck from the Zambian border post to the uh, Malawi border post. We then hitched a ride on the back of an 18-wheeler lorry they took us all the way to the outskirts of Lilongwe. It dropped us off there. It was pitch black. It was about 10 p.m. at night. Pitch black. No one around. Just a road that was leading down towards the city. The, the lorry drove off. No one else was in sight. And we had no idea what we were going to do, how we were actually going to find a place to stay, if there was a place to stay, if any place was even open at this time of night. So we prayed. About five minutes later, a van drove past. As it drove past us, it stopped. It reversed back. And the driver said, do you need a lift to the long way? We said, yes. He said, well, if you stay at my youth hostel tonight, I'll give you a lift for free. Later, I told the story uh, to another girl. And she said, well, it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Well, it could have been a coincidence. But what I've noticed and experienced in my life is the more that I pray, the more coincidences I seem to experience. However, this doesn't mean that God will always give us what we ask for. And that's a good thing. Because we often ask for very foolish things. Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, shares a story about how thankful she is that God didn't answer all her prayers the way she had asked. She said, if God had, I would have married the wrong man several times. You see, when we're looking back, we can often be very thankful that God did not answer our prayers the way we had prayed and the way we had hoped, because from the perspective of hindsight, 
we can see how foolish our prayers were and how God knew what was best. However, sometimes within this life, we will not know why God did not answer our prayers the way we had prayed them and had asked. And then we're going to have to trust that God knows what is best. And sometimes God's answer is no. That's why when the Bible promises that God will answer our prayers, sometimes that promise is qualified. For example, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, it says that if you ask anything according to His will, He hears us. It's qualified if we ask according to His will. How should we pray? How should we pray? Well, there's no formula, no set formula given in the Bible. There's no set place or formula given in how we should pray. And we are free to pray as we would like. In fact, I would encourage you to pray in a way that is most natural for you. The key, I believe, is to be real and honest. God can handle your honesty. God wants you to pour out your heart to Him. For God wants a real relationship. I personally sometimes find the word acts quite helpful. Acts as in A for adoration. And spend time praising God for who He is and for what He's done. He's the creator of the world and He died for you because He loves you. C, for confession. Confessing your sins. Asking God to forgive you for the things that you've done wrong. T, for thanksgiving. Thanking God for all the blessings in your life. And be specific and name the things that God has done for you in the last few days. And S for supplication. Asking God for your needs and for the needs of your family and your friends and for other people. Lastly, when should we pray? Again, there's no set time or place and we're free to pray anywhere and at any time. In fact, the Bible in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 encourages us to pray all the time and everywhere. I personally find that first thing in the morning is very helpful. It helps me to orientate myself for the day and prepare myself for the day. Also, the last thing at night before going to bed is also a great time that works well for me for prayer. I'd also encourage you not only to pray anywhere and any time, but to pray with other people. I find it such a blessing to be able to come alongside someone else and to pray for them and to have them pray into my life. I can remember as a young Christian, the first time I ever prayed publicly, I was so nervous. 
I'd been to this prayer meeting a couple of times, but I never dared to pray aloud. And I built up my confidence and said, okay, this time I'm going to pray aloud. And there was this one particular gentleman who, who wasn't feeling really well, and I thought I'd pray for him, and I built up all my confidence. And as I was about to pray, someone else started praying. And they prayed for him. So I had to pray for someone else, and I had built up my confidence again. And eventually I did. I prayed for this other person. Just a very short prayer, just a sentence. I can remember being so nervous, and I can remember also being very relieved when everyone said, Amen. But as the years have gone on, I've realized what a privilege it is to pray into someone else's life and to have them to pray into my life. So I would encourage you to pray, to pray all the time, to pray anytime, anywhere, but also to pray with other people, to pray into their life and let them pray into your life. Victoria and I often pray together when walking to the train station in the morning. And as we walk in there, we can pray for the day, we can pray for each other, we can pray into each other's life. And it's such a valuable time and an important time. So I do encourage you to pray. For prayer is at the heart of Christianity because Christianity is all about a relationship with God, who is a personal God, wanting an intimate and personal relationship with you. Furthermore, if we want to see God moving mightily amongst us by His Spirit, if we want to see God drawing people into our church, then we need to be devoted to prayer. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Are you devoted to prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege, the real privilege that we can come before you, the creator of the whole universe. And we can speak to you. We can relate to you through prayer. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for us to make it possible for us to come into your presence and to speak to you. Father, won't you empower us now by your Holy Spirit? Help us by your Holy Spirit to be better prayers. To pray all the time. Do you have some special time set aside where we devote that time entirely to prayer? But also to have an attitude, a prayerful attitude, wherever we are and whatever we're doing. Father, won't you draw the right people into our life so we can pray for each other? So we can pray for them and they can pray for us.
But Father, we do thank you for the friendship we can have with you through Jesus. And that we can bring our needs, our requests to you. That we can pour out our heart to you. That we can say how thankful we are. That we can say that we love you and how wonderful you are. We ask us all in the name of Jesus. Amen.